It is a great joy to be with all of you today. I can honestly say that when I came to the University of Richmond from St. Louis, Missouri in the fall of 2004 and first came into this chapel that it did not occur to me that one day I'd be returning as a priest. When I met a Dominican friar in this very chapel in my sophomore year in the fall of 2005, I never thought I would be a Dominican priest. And when I graduated from here in 2008, almost 10 years ago, I figured that I would go off to teach on the Navajo Indian Reservation, give a year to the Lord, and then go off and get married and live a wonderful and uh, happy life. The Lord laughed every time at all of those things. But it is a great joy to be with all of you. Thank you especially to, I'm not exactly sure what to call him now because he was my professor and advisor and a deacon, so thank you to Professor Advisor Deacon Tom for having me here today. Um, one of the great benefits of a liberal arts education is that I have put full use to the Latin and journalism degree that my father paid a lot of money for me to get when I graduated from here. Right now the World Series is going on. And one of my favorite baseball players of all time, and one of the best baseball players of all time, is Joe DiMaggio. He is perhaps, if not the greatest, one of the two or three greatest right-handed hitting players of all time. And Joe DiMaggio was renowned for also not only his greatness, but his work ethic. He would tell the players that he played with that he needed to give his best, that he was always striving to run out every to run out every ball, to catch everything in the outfield, because he didn't know if there was a little boy in the stands that day, and that might be the only time he ever sees Joe DiMaggio play. And he wanted that boy or that family to know that they saw Joe DiMaggio give his best. And Joe DiMaggio was then a model for what a Major League Baseball player should be, someone who goes out there, runs out every pitch, or runs out every hit, you know, swings hard, plays hard, gives his all in every single opportunity. And so when we hear today from St. Paul that he is a model for all believers, for those of us who are coming from this American milieu, this contemporary milieu, we can think that to be a model Christian, to be a model disciple of the Lord, is to just simply work really, really hard at what we do to make sure that we get to Mass, to make sure that we do all those little things, to be to whatever anyone is seeing, a model Catholic, a model Christian. And as we dig deeper into the Gospels and into the Scriptures, we start to peel back that this God of ours, the God we heard about in the first reading, who is not like any other God, who says, do not be unjust to an alien, but treat them with dignity, because... I am compassionate. When we turn to this God who in the Gospels tells us through Jesus that be perfect as my Heavenly Father is perfect, we start to recognize that it's not just about being unblemished, but if we look to what Jesus is really saying, the Greek word there is teleo, which means to be oriented, to be ordered toward the proper end, to have integrity, we start to see that this call to be a model disciple the, this model for all believers is about having an integrity of life. That who I am here in this church is exactly who I am out on campus, in the classroom, at one of the fraternity row houses on Friday night. That is the challenge that the Lord puts in front of us. 
And if we ask ourselves honestly, and I say this as a priest, if I ask myself this honestly, I fail. I fall short. I don't live up to what Jesus asks in the Gospel. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. I fail miserably and consistently and all over myself with regards to that. And yet the Lord calls us deeper. And the Lord shows us that when we start to turn our hearts, when we start to listen, when we start to have that integrity of life, that things change. Maybe slowly, but they change. This afternoon was the first time I had stepped foot on campus since I graduated in 2008. And while I hardly recognize the place because there are a lot of new buildings and roads that were not here when I graduated, I hardly recognized myself. Now, a lot of that has to do with the amount of weight I've put on since I graduated and the beard. I didn't have either of those things when I graduated. But I recognized, I hardly recognized myself here on campus. Because when I graduated, I thought I was the model Catholic. Here I was, 22 years old, world in front of me, and I decided to give a year to serve in the poorest part of our country on the Navajo Indian Reservation. I was going to go out there and I was going to teach kids who needed a teacher who loved them. I was going to Mass every Sunday. I was going to confession regularly. I was the president of Catholic campus ministry here. I thought I was the model Catholic. But I realized in that year out on the reservation, and as I started to give my life more and more to the Lord and religious life, that I fell into two easy traps that we are all challenged with. And the first is this. The Lord asks us today to love Him with our whole heart, our whole soul, and our whole mind. To love Him, not what He gives us. I loved what Jesus, what God, what the church gave me. I loved the feeling I got when I came to Mass, and I knew all my Catholic friends weren't. I loved the feeling I got when I went to confession, and I knew that I was probably going to do all those things again, but the Lord forgave me anyway. I was in love with what God gave me, not with the one who gave the gift. And this is a challenge for all of us, not just in our relationship with the Lord, but in our relationship with one another. Do we truly love? Do we die to self? Do we sacrifice my own good for the good of the other in our own relationships? To love our neighbor as ourself is to die for our neighbor. The second thing I fell into after this falling into this desire to be loved as opposed to loving God was this failure to recognize the beauty of God's mercy in my life. When I left here, there was perhaps no sin that I had not in some way, shape, or form been associated with. I was not a model Catholic outside of these doors. And yet, God kept calling me. God kept forgiving me. God actually peered through my brokenness and He said, guess what? I still love you. And then it dawned on me. The most important thing that we can ever realize in this life is that Jesus Christ loves us. Me. Jesus Christ loves us and he calls us to himself. Jesus loves you because you're broken. Jesus died for you because you sin. Jesus wants to be in your life because Jesus is your life. 
to live in accord with what Jesus asks us today, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, just means to have an integral life. To love God in the simple things that you do in the silence of your heart. To speak with Him, to listen to Him in prayer. To serve our brothers and sisters in need. You are the beloved of God. God created you with a unique act of love. He holds you in being with that unique act of love. God loves you so much that He gave Himself for you. When we start to realize that all of the love that I receive from God, all of the gifts that I receive to God, are not of my own merit, but because of His gratuitous nature, we start to see that my life has to emulate that. I have been given more than I could possibly ever earn. And so I need to share that with God and with you. Ten years ago, when I came in here on the baccalaureate mass, and it's funny because the way the lights fall in here, the two people who I can remember being there with me are in the spotlight right over here. I did not know what the Lord had in store for me. But I knew that the Lord had something in store for me, if I but listened and if I but followed after it. The Lord has something great in store for each of you. Let Him love you in your brokenness. Let Him heal you where you are wounded. Walk with Him in the love that you show your brothers and sisters, and you will have lives that are not just great in the annals of baseball or human history, but that will echo forever in front of God and with God in heaven.